Welcome back to the Big Footy Blues podcast. Yes, we are inconsistent. Yes, we are depressed about the season we are having. No, we have not lived up to our potential. However, we won't be moving to another podcast and we won't be sitting out the rest of the season so we don't strain our vocal cords or break a nail or something. Hi, everybody. I'm ODN and joining me on the podcast tonight. Hello, Shandog. Hello. Good evening. Hey, happy dude. Hello, everyone. And joining us once more, it's the Wookiee. There you go, Wook. <laughs> That's a, quite a statement there, mate. <laughs> right, we're moving on. Is he protesting? <laughs> he's doing a Merlin from Big Brother with a k- tape over his mouth. <laughs> I think he's cleared out his locker and he's gone. <laughs> too soon, man, too soon. <laughs> We've lost him. We've lost him. We've got to get him back. I don't know what the heck was going on there. <laughs> that's better. You're back and that's the main thing, mate. All right. So, um, how am I? Right. Good, thanks. Thank you. No, that's great. Um, guys, it's uh, been a while since our last podcast. Uh, to quickly catch up, we haven't had a win. Our injury list has grown. We are playing a lot of kids and much to our surprise, after the good initial form we showed under John Barker, we have sunk to the dark recesses at the bottom of the ladder and once again are a laughing stock. Same old, same old. Um, while this has been happening, we're almost set to announce a new coach. A former coach has suffered a personal tragedy. We've had two players drop to the VFL for not meeting on-field expectations. And today, another has announced he wants to be traded and has cleared out his locker as Carlton won't play him for the rest of the season. So you reckon that's enough to talk about? Um, yeah, there's a few things there, yeah. Yeah, let's dispense with the structure a little bit and freestyle this podcast. Uh, where do you guys want to start? Uh, well, well, do you want to, you want to start? You lay beat? down a fat beat, and I'll I'll wrap <laughs> over the top. <laughs> uh, look, do, do you want to, do you want to start with that? Obviously, the big news today: um, Lockie Henderson is um, is no longer our Lockie Charles. Worst keeps kept secret, and uh, he's asked for a trade. Uh, says he doesn't know where he's going. Uh, I find that hard to believe. Mm. And Carlton, Carlton leadership group and the, and the club and supposedly Henderson involved in the discussion said it's best for all that uh, maybe we uh, preserve his fitness for a new club and better chance of getting a better trade and um, play some young kids because he's not going to be there to help us out and also uh, alluded to the fact that he wasn't in very good form so probably would have been dropped anyway. <laughs> yes. <So, laughs> what do we think of all that? Look, I, I thought he was going to go from the start of the year. Um, I've been pretty bullish about this on on the on the main boards podcast. I, I felt he was going to go the whole time. He just look, didn't look interested. Didn't um, was very non-committal when, when he was talking about the club. So I, I'm not surprised. Not surprised, and I'm glad they don't play him. Frankly, he can get stuffed. Put him in a box. And... <laughs> I felt like we'd been cheated on. When it was announced, though, you know, I was having such a good morning, and then I open up Big Footy and I read that, and I was like, "What?" But um, having now calmed down, I guess I'm sort of, kind of glad 
at the end of the day, you know, people who don't want to be here, sure. Um, well, then see you later. Thanks for the memories and good luck. And, um, you know, we look forward to another draft pick or a trade. Yeah, that's the message that's come out from Andrew McKay today too, isn't it? If you don't want to, if if you don't love Carlton, then you know you're better off going somewhere else, sort of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm pretty much got the same uh, view as Shannon or Shannon Dog, rather. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know who that guy is. I don't know his names now. <laughs> yeah, except I was a little bit more devastated when I first heard the news because he was one of my favourites when we had him at centre half back. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah. We we got 102 games out of him, and about 15 were actually good ones, in my opinion. It's a bit hard. Oh, I reckon no, yeah, well, more than 15. I think they were what, what, back. What was different. it? Well, yeah, but, but I mean, he played a fair bit up forward too. I think he had about six yeah. games where he scored more than three goals. So, oh yeah, no, I'm, I don't rate his forward line work very highly at all. No. Um, no, no, I don't. I don't know how. He, he, he said he's basically got to do what what he needs to do so he can be happy again and so that he can have some success. And the success part makes me bloody bristle, people. Yes, that's that's the part that. Um, how the hell? And we 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 saw it last year with Bryce Gibbs saying, oh, "I want to see what your plan is before I recommit to staying with you." Um, we're seeing it with Henderson. We're probably seeing it with Yaron a little bit too. We've got these guys that are playing conditionally based on what the other guys are doing around them and whether they're good enough. And how can you compromise your own form and then turn around and say, I want to go somewhere else and have success when you are part of the reason that we're not having success? Well, whenever someone says something like that, like Henderson has, I hope that they get struck with a bit of Nathan Buckley irony that he experienced (laughs) as a player, which I still think is one of the most ironic things to ever happen in the world of football ever. I want to leave Brisbane and play for Collingwood because I want success. I want to win a premiership. Oh, look at me, losing grand finals to the team I played for. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm Henderson's tip to go to Geelong. Tip to be a done deal there. I don't see Geelong winning a premiership in the next five years or so when Henderson's uh, still running around. No. They, they are the going big, the big rebuild, though. Yeah, if they go the big rebuild and get Dangerfield and Selwood, I heard today, from mm-hmm. Westgate. Yes. I don't know yeah, how to pull that off, but well, they're hoping they're hoping that um, they'll make a big offer and Adelaide won't match it, and you'll go free um, free agent. So, um, you know, that's, that's the only way they can get them because they won't have the currency for them. Well, I what think co- Adelaide will match that deal, though. Well, on Henderson, though, what, what do you guys think we'll actually get from him uh, for him for a trade? Are we talking sort of? Well, we, late we've had him forward. I have no idea because we've had him forward all year and he can't play forward. So, going off form, you got, we don't have many. Much to go with. Look, we will we, we will get Geelong's first round pick out of it. Out of it. What's that uh, going to be? It's going to be like a. Uh, that's that's going to be around 14? about pick ten. That's going to be about pick ten or so. I think I'm, I'm expecting them to finish around ninth. What? Uh, what makes you think we'd get their first round pick for Henderson? Mm. Oh look, I think even Geelong, most most Geelong supporters are, are thinking the same thing. But um, but because of the way it's all happened and there's a little bit of risk risk there as far as his form this year, um, it's probably going to involve uh, an exchange of second-round picks as well. Um, so their second-round pick, based on that ninth-place finish, will be about 29, whereas will be about 20. So <clears throat> we'll um, you know get, get the pick 10, then we'll have to go back in the second round about nine draft picks. So 
Um, if it works out like that, that's not too bad, considering that uh, it's likely that we're going to be using some second, third round picks for the father-son stuff anyway, so... Yeah, no, well, that, that doesn't sound too bad. I just hope if we end up with a pick 10, we don't go trading it for a pick 19 and two other people that, are, that don't play. <laughs> no, well, for, for Carlisle, will get suspended for 10 years. Uh, t- sorry, two, two years. <laughs> 10, whatever. Um, I, I'd rather it be 10. Yeah. <laughs> don't want him. I, I think Geelong are fairly, fairly good to deal with. Um, I don't think they're as hard-ass as some other teams are. And you, and you look at this discussion with uh, the Geelong people versus the discussion with the Richmond people who are, who are looking at Yaron and, and their poles apart, you know, because Richmond really want to screw us to the wall. Um, there's some talk of, um, uh, I can't remember his first name, what's his name, uh, Walker from Geelong, um, you know, and a second rounder. Um, I don't know how far we're into it. But one thing stands out for me is, is the fact that we also mentioned that uh, – for the good of all, for the good of the club and moving forward, and the fact that he's not going to be a part of it, but also for the good of uh, Henderson and uh, him not getting injured in those last three, three weeks so we can get a good trade. It almost sounds as though we've come to some sort of agreement with Geelong, some some mm. some agreement mm. in principle as to what they're, going to, what they're going to offer, and we've wrapped their new acquisition in Cottonwall. Yeah, I think it was C4 to your door. He, um, he he was the first that I saw to mention that to say, hey, hang on, if they've already announced this, then it's it's more than likely that there's already something basically settled. Um, he can be pretty cluey at times. Yes, yeah. yes. C4 at times. <laughs> yeah, back in yeah, compliment I'm... that one. <laughs> Well, and see, in saying it, doing it that way, we've done it with that announcement early, and as the reasons we're doing it. Um, so we've got not only his form, not only the fact that he's not going to be part of our, our rebuild going forward, so we must replace somebody else, um, but also the fact that we want to protect him for a trade. We've given a few reasons there as to why it's a good idea, just to ward off, because normally you go, okay, now Henderson's been kicked out of the club for the last trip. These guys are fully on the tank. We're getting a little bit of that, mm. but. But it's not so much because we've got on the front foot. Um, so it, it's sort of it, – it's, it's a good way for us to ward off those accusations because, you know, we are going to get hit with them. So, um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think it was pretty good announcement. Enough of that turncoat. Oh, yeah, enough of that turncoat. Um, um, you know, Chris Yaron's the other one. Um, you know, uh, we've, we've rumours coming out uh, again today about uh, – uh, Troy Menzel uh, and Tommy Bell um, wanting out. Um, so, you know, the media started latching on this and this, this club in crisis and everybody leaving. Uh, we've got people on the on the Carlton board suggesting that this is all because of the unhappy environment that our board has created for the players um, instead of actually blaming the players for, you know, if, if, if Henderson said he wants to leave for success, how do you put that on the board? I mean... It's not. It's just not. We unhappy. haven't been successful because of board well, of shitty ass not, decisions. Well, that's that's that that's true. But you can make you can make bad decisions. But the, the the vibe is that we're creating an unhappy environment, not just for the fact that we're not doing enough to win, but we're actually not respecting the players, not making them feel welcome and comfortable. And I'm thinking these guys are on four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I, I don't so much be, think it's because we're not making them feel comfortable. I think it's because we're doing things like having five coaches in fifteen years. Maybe there's too much blue around the place, you know, that, that sort of like <laughs> colour reaction stuff. 
Apparently, orange is the color of happiness. Well, there so you go. Maybe they all want to go to GWS. Oh, we could. We, do you want us to add some bloody egg yolk chamois bloody color back to our kit? Would that be? <laughs> oh, those were color. the days. <laughs> Didn't we just change the the insignia on, our, on the front of our jumper to represent time of more success? Should we go back further and then actually bring back that yoke for a time of more success when we won a few in a in a row or whatever it was in the early 1900s? I see no problem with this logic. It'd no. bring back memories of when ODM was a kid. Silas Sign will have to go go to his wardrobe and break out his old um his his old jumper that he used to wear down to Prince's Park. And, uh, when he was watching the boys run, run around back in 1907. Thylacine <laughs> 60 was taking me to the football. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone actually think that Yaren's going to stay? No. No. No, he's the no. man that does not say that he's willing to stay. He, he's not going to stay, but we he, he is under contract. So all these people talking about, hey, uh, he's worth a second rounder at, at best, or a second rounder or one of our players who died last year. Um that sort of that sort of crap. This is what's coming from the Richmond supporters at the moment. Um, I don't know where we place his value. If you place his value based on his form this year, then obviously he's not going to get a lot. But people aren't chasing him. You know, uh, Damien Barrett, which automatically makes this a lie, said that <laughs> several rich, several Richmond officials met with met with Yaron weeks ago. All right, mm. several, and I, it implied it was more than one visit. Right, so. They're not doing that based on a VFL player. This is what people are trying to say. He's in the VFL. He's not good enough to be in the worst side in the AFL. That's bullshit. That's not why you guys are chasing him. You're chasing him for what he can do and what he has done. He was fourth, fourth in our best and fairest last year. Um, yes, he hasn't had an elite season. He's had elite half seasons, you know, and, and, a, and a couple of those. Um, but he is a major point of difference that a lot of clubs want. So stop wanking us around. And actually, and actually, you know, so recognise that there's some value there. And the fact is, we do have some leverage because he is under contract. And from my point of view, I want the club to make a stand. I'm sick. Of, you know, the, the, you think of the Sam Jacobs trade and the Sean Gregg trades, and we just got screwed to the wall. Uh, these guys nominating the club and us getting bugger all back for it, and it hasn't worked out for us. A second round pick in a weak draft means nothing to us. Yeah, the, right? the, we've got we, if we have pick one and we have pick twenty and we get a first round pick for Henderson and uh, there's, there's three right there. You know who knows? We, we maybe we get a first round pick for Menzel if he chooses. That that second round pick for Yaron could be our fourth or fifth best best draft pick this year. And and what are the chances of a of a a pick around in the late twenties or something actually being working out a successful player in a weak draft? I'd say less than forty percent. You know, isn't isn't every draft weak apparently? Oh yeah, and, this is true, I, and I accept that point that they always say that, and then and, you know, and, and it's usually not the case. But still, the facts suggest that a pick around that mark is is less than a fifty fifty chance of having success. Yeah, and uh, if uh, if there's any Richmond supporters that are going to be listening to this, which I highly doubt, um, when are they just going to start start changing their jumpers and supporting Carlton? Because like, if they take Yaron, that's four of their you know, best 22 that came from us and they still can't win a final. Well, we're basically Richmond's feeder side at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, but what are we feeding them? Like, they still haven't won a final. Well, hopefully they've got a taste for Warnock. Can we give them them? (laughs) (laughs) Warnock's another one. I won't be surprised it's gone at the end of the year. He's not even worth discussing. I mean, mean, everybody's, everybody's... 
cleaning out their lockers and droves by the look of it. And, you, and you, we know we know we need another ruckman to replace. Oh, at this uh, point, it, I'd take a half-eaten sandwich for Warnock. Let's hope that we don't go down that down that road of having no other ruckman to back us up and and leaving Warnock on the list after what he's been doing. I don't care if it's minimum wage. What's he going to do for us? He's been he's been injured. Uh, he hurts us on the field more often than not. We simply and we might as well just go to the VFL and pluck out another buddy delisted mm. AFL former AFL player somewhere like we did with Cameron Wood. It would be would be far better off. So hopefully, hopefully, I like I like the looks of Alex Orocchio in the Northern Blues uh, senior side at the moment. The American, mm. I like him a lot. Nature American, yeah. not not in that way. Is that the one we've taken on as a Category B rookie? I think so. What yeah. does that happen from next year? I'm not he's, sure. He's only, he's only arrived in the last few weeks, or is that somebody else? No, 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 no. no. That's a different guy. That's a different guy. So we've actually got an American bloody basketballer right now. He's uh, joined the club now. Um, he'll be a Category B rookie next year. Can't remember his name offhand. I'm, uh, but, yeah. um, no, Alex uh, Rokio is a guy that came here under his own steam. He paid his own way over, and he uh, took the gig with uh, the Northern Blues last year, uh, the start of this year. And he's doing well by all accounts. So we can, because he's American, we can add him to the list as a Category B rookie, yeah? yeah I'm not sure if there are limits on how many Category B rookies from you can, have, you, can have, you can have two. So uh, Kieran Burns on that list. So I, but I, I would think of, of him as being a certainty uh, to be promoted up to the rookie list proper or actually yeah. uh, straight to the senior yeah. side, in my view. Um, so I wouldn't, I'd be happy with the two American big, big lads as our Cat B rookies and uh, see what they can do. I'll just Moving be away happy. from the Isle of the Potato for, for a change. <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy that we have a Project Ruckman for a change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if, it's, if he ends up, if he's not very good and he can just stand there and wave his arms around, then, then we've replaced Warner. We haven't lost anything, have we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, guys, look at us. We've found something positive to talk about. Let it be, <laughs> you know, the Project Ruckman slot on our list possibly maybe being sorted for the next oh. year. <laughs> Hey, if Positivity. He's, if he's got a smattering of aggression, then we've doubled Warnock. So, <laughs> the only way to go is up. For a quarter of the price, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, where we are. That's enough of trades. Now, everybody wants out, um, and nobody wants to pay us for them. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> if you want out, leave, but uh, where we can hold firm, then we should. Um, you, know what, you know what I would do with, uh, with, with Yaron? I would clean out his locker while he's out tonight. I'd clean out his locker, take the paint off it so it's just grey when he goes in tomorrow. Yep. And then say, look, you're either part of the club or you're not, and until you are again, your locker's staying this colour. You can't do the car. We're giving you the Live Strong jumper that we wore a couple of years ago. You can wear that one. You can't even wear the navy blue. That's it. You, you, you want to be on your own? Be on your own. And then make now, him so- paint the locker when he decides. I would. Appreciate <laughs> me, Mr. Tom Sawyer. This isn't fun. <laughs> you know what I would do with Yaron? And a lot of you guys will probably get this. Hopefully, I'd Willie Mays haze the hell out of him. I would put oh. his bed outside the tra- outside the ground when training's about to start and make him run for his place back in the side again. <laughs> 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 Any major league fans there? Did you get that? Really? Yeah, I've seen. Yep, I got it. No. That went down like a lead balloon. Well, if people want to blame our culture, I'll uh, just—they may not know that um, in the American football, just the other week, the one team actually had a defending player punch the quarterback in the mouth 
break his jaw, and now he needs surgery, and he'll be out for the first six to seven weeks of the NFL season. So at least our culture's not that bad. No, no, we're doing it right. We just kick him kick out of the once on a pop. Yeah, well, that's what I thought, but we haven't done that in a few years, so we're on the way up. Oh, jeez, so, I'll tell you what, we should get Satanta back for a little bit of passion in the jumper, I should, I should Speaking think. of people we could get back, can't we get Fev? Is he still running around? Oh, yeah, but he's, he's, he's sculling cans of alcohol during his games. He's... He's still kicking goals, though, isn't he? He's doing better. He, he, he would still be a better full forward than Lockie Henderson. <laughs> Let's face it. All options have to be on the table. Let's talk coaches. Um, we believe we're down to our uh, last two candidates. Um, if you believe the whispers coming from the media, Carlton would be pretty, pretty good, pretty tight-lipped about all this. Um, uh, I saw Chris Judd on the footy show, and he would give nothing away. Tighter than a seal's proverbial. Um, <laughs> Brendan Bolton or John Barker seem to be our last two candidates, but uh, we do like the bees. And uh, Scott Burns has been—we've uh, been told that he interviewed and presented extremely well. So I'm, I'm not discounting that there could be a smoky somewhere. So, well, I mean, the media is saying there's only two, and they're saying that Bolton's got three years, and it's already done deal and stuff like that. But if there's only two. I highly doubt Barker's actually one of the two. No, that's what I'm. I'm, I'm well, Barker's one of the two by all accounts. However, I'm just saying if Carlton truly have not decided, and they probably have, but I would say that uh, from from what I've heard, that Scott Burns was right in the mix, but he's also right in the mix of the Adelaide job. So. Um, Brendan think, Bolton apparently is uh, withdrawn from the Adelaide job. Mm. Mm. I think um, when it comes down to it, I mean, I've been very bullish on the Brendan Bolton thing from... You've been bullish person. about everything, haven't you? I am. I, I'm always bullish, though. You're bullish in a China shop. Doesn't, doesn't always work for me, but I am always bullish on things. And But Brendan Bolton's been one of those things, and I'll tell you why, because I'm fed up with coaches that just sit there and glare at the camera or glare at or wage these mini little wars with... News Limited journalists or Channel 7 journalists or whatever and give nothing to the supporters. Yep. That's what I'm fed up with. And Brendan Bolton, he's an exciting bloke. He's got some enthusiasm about him. He's, 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 he's an approachable guy. I, I think he's going to inject some enthusiasm into the club. Oh, no. I want to see. Don't say inject. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what Free I want to Carlisle injecting things. I don't like where this is heading. Wow. James Hurd, assistant coach. He's free. No. I, I don't and, want that to I'll go. tell you the other thing with Scott Burns it'll be a long cold day in hell before I get behind any former Collingwood personnel coaching a Carlton again no yeah I agree with you we've had we've done the Collingwood light thing <laughs> and we've got we got ridiculed for it and um um, you know, there's there's rumours that uh, David Butterfont is on the way out as well but uh, we've time will tell on that so um, yeah, we've cut through, we've cut a little bit of Collingwood out of our system, haven't we? Over the over the last couple of years. What if, uh, has anyone seen anything about Rob Wiley though? Because I haven't noticed anything about uh, recently about whether or not he's going to be staying on. I just I just don't see him staying on. This really really strong male, and I'm not sure why, but there's really really strong male that Neil Craig is going to come and be that uh, coaching director type. I'm actually pleased to hear this. Yeah, I rate, well, Neil, I rate Neil Craig's tactical nous. Yep. Yeah, well, I, you know, I don't know what he did at Essendon, but he certainly is not to blame for it. Um, but you know, I think he came in after all that stuff blew up. Yeah, no, he did come in afterwards. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I rate Neil Craig as a as a coach. His match day changes weren't the greatest, 
But yeah. um, he he did good things with Adelaide um, for a period there. Um, and I'm here, you know, and we're hearing that um, Dean Laidley's likely to stay on and as a assistant coach. So he's, he's also got another good tactical now. Well, you know, I wasn't sure. I, I, see, I, I always thought Laidley would be a good overseer for a um, for a younger coach, and thought mm. he might be good for that role. But then if if Craig's doing it, I was sort of wondering, well, what's Laidley doing? But it was pointed out to me. Laidley's been in, in charge of our midfield and. Uh, uh, as far as as far as contested possessions and clearances and stuff like that, you know, we've been um, yeah, we've been all right. It's been a success. It's probably still not working as hard defensively. Uh, the fitness hasn't been there, but uh, I guess uh, if Laidley's there, while we've got somebody like Patrick Crick dominating, and uh, you know, and Nick Graham coming up the, the ranks, and you know, a few others that have come into that uh, into that side of things, like Nick Holman and that, then uh, he's probably deserves to stay. I still think we need a clearance, a full clearance out of the coaching staff. Just get rid of them all and start again. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed come, to that, yeah. I just, I, there's too much of a malaise around the club at the moment, and, you know, I'll let Happy Dude look that one up later. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Malaysian mayonnaise, Happy Dude. Don't even know why. <laughs> uh, but there's too much of a, there's too much of a, a, a greyness over the club. It's, 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 People, you know, it's not just players that aren't happy. I don't think the supporters aren't happy. The coaches, they can't be happy. I, the, you know, the board is, you know, I, I just there's a malaise over the club, and I think it's, you know, we need to do something at board level, which is completely separate, obviously. But I think the coaching staff, they either need to move along and uh, move out, and let's bring in some new blood altogether, and let's get the you know, let's start from the ground. As, as, as we can. we, I mean, we can't get rid of the whole list, but we can get rid of the coaching, and we we can pull in a new coaching stuff and let the new guy bring in whoever he thinks he needs to to fulfil his vision. Don't leave him saddled with whatever's left from Malthouse and the guy before him. You know. Yeah. See, so while while I like that idea, uh, who's paying for this? Who's paying? Who's paying for the last? Who's paying? Oh, look, I believe I believe that most of it, pretty much all our assistant coaches are out of contract at the end of the year. They're sort of oh, tired, right, tired of them with mixed contract. But yeah, that's no, fine, I, I can see I say, if, if they're out of contract, that's fine. But if we're going to have to pay out contracts and then get quality assistant yeah. coaches, we might. Yeah, I don't know. I would, how we're I, I, would I would hold on to Laidley and I would hold on to Sav Rocker in his part time capacity. Ooh, um, yes, good old uh, Sav. <laughs> Um, I don't see the point of Matthew Capuano as a ruck coach because that has not worked for us, as far as I can tell. Um, I do believe and, uh, uh, MS3 spoke uh, or posted earlier in the season that um, there's going to be a big clean out of coaches at the end yep. of the year. And uh, I think he did mention that Laidley was one that was sort of safe for his job. We weren't looking at replacing him. But, yeah, the rest were all um, very... Uh, Lucky to keep their jobs, I think. If they if they do, I, look, I, I've I've grown to like John Barker's demeanour. I hadn't seen much of it before. I like the way he talks. I like his demeanour. He seems a very sort of laid back and uh, likable sort of sort of guy. Um, and as his a line coach, too. Yeah, so I mean, he, I, I've been a bit surprised with that. I think it's pretty it's pretty harsh when you put your hand up to to be a caretaker coach so far out. It's probably the only way he was going to even get an interview for a senior job is to, to take that on, but he was always going to be up against it. And uh, the, the funny thing, the weird thing is, once you actually put your hand up as a caretaker coach, you are th- automatically become a threat if you don't get the job. So staying, being an assistant under Bolton, 
the fact that he actually had designs on the job himself automatically <laughs> rules him out out of a job, and that's that's really harsh. So. Uh, I guess we'll just see how the club go. The club kind of want a lot of these guys to be staff members rather than just pigeonholders, coaches. Mm. And, um, you know, sort of if they can't be fulfill one role, maybe they can slide into another one. So who knows? Maybe there's a role for him somewhere. But He might, he, he might be able to go coach Essendon or something. Oh, look, maybe. Gee, I'll tell you what. I, look, he's not bad. I mean, I, I would. Yeah, I, I know, I know some people. He's not like, bad, but. Some people rate. Who's our VFL coach, Luke Webster or something? Yeah. Is he still there? Or is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, the Northern Blues are a mess. Oh, yeah. It's a schmozzle. And it, it's probably, you know, I know we've got injuries and so forth, but the, the quality of player that we have in the Northern Blues is nowhere near as good as what, the, what other VFL teams have. And, you know, if you believe the people that are out there watching those games, um, the, the AFL-listed players have no idea what the VFL <laughs> players are going to do with the ball, and it, and it, and, it, and it's hurting. And obviously, the Northern Blues need to actually be able to attract a better class of of player to fill up the rest of the spots yeah, in that side. That, that's a whole different issue. Well, maybe so, but you know, I can see. I don't know whether it's development. The development has been slow. Um, the, Preston has the Preston might have a yeah. Preston might have a hard time attracting people. That could be a money thing on you know on the northern yeah, blue side. Yeah, but of I'd it. like to see Carlton get involved. I mean, they either should be going going alone as a VFL team, or they should be. No, I know Preston don't want to lose any more identity than they've already lost because they've already lost ninety nine point nine percent of it, but. Um, we kind of Carlton need to be helping with the the branding and the marketing and the recruiting and, and whatever they need to do. Whether it's having even just VFL listed players training with them with the with AFL players more often, uh, being closer to that, being closer to the club, seeing how an AFL club works, maybe actually being one step closer to their dream of getting a call up one day. Uh, something that's actually going to be an incentive to actually come to the Northern Blues and actually just raise that quality level so that our listed players are developing properly and not just getting smashed every week. So Yeah, but, um, um, the, the, the whole talking about your VFL team has to be successful while your, while your um, AFL, AFL team is doesn't really work out because there was a time there where while Hawthorne were being successful, Box Hill weren't as successful yet. Now they now they both are, but there was a time there where that wasn't the case and Preston were doing very well. We made a few VFL grand finals in a row and we were just maybe scraping into the eight. Yep. But, so, but, I, I, but they've I, also had an exodus. When they started falling down, they're not a team that can that that, that can fall down the ladder in the VFL and actually can, and keep their players because we had, we've had a few top VFL mm. players leave. So, um, I, I don't know what they do, but I could see. My point was, I could see John Barker being a good coach of the Northern Blues. Yeah, yeah, and, and being employed by the Carlton Football Club, and you know, in that capacity. Yeah, I was, I was going to say he's a, he. He seems to be not a bad coach, but I still don't think he's too good of a coach. Okay, I still think yes. we need, and, and I know this is uh, slightly off base here, but I, I think we still need to cut Preston loose. Yeah. And uh, get us back to VF, uh, get us back to uh, Princess Park. Mm-hmm. Just Wouldn't it be lovely. Most of our home games are at Princess Park, I think, now at this point, or is it a fifty? Uh, there's three played at City Oval or whatever it is, Preston City Oval. Yeah, and the rest are at Princess Park. Yeah, that would be most of our home games. But I, I, I want I want us back under the Carlton banner. I, I, I want us in control of our development. I don't want our players going back to the VFL and not knowing what the hell they're doing, where they're playing, how they're playing. Let the Preston guys go. If they make it, they make it. If they don't, they don't. 
Well, screw. Speaking of the VFL players, um, we likely you reckon to see uh, any any other new faces like uh, Viojo Rainbow or anything like that? Jeez, he's, what's he happened to Trout? Has it? He hasn't done enough, has he? Oh, maybe masterful trade, I think, trade I think draft he, period. We I had. think he had a game. Oh, he's a bit slice, you know, and he probably needs a bit more development. Um, I, I I think he played a good game in the VFL a, a few weeks ago and people said, oh, maybe, maybe he's, he's on the way up and he's a beautiful deliverer of the ball, but he just doesn't get enough of it and he's a bit slight and I don't know, it's, God knows we're going to have holes in our list, we'll probably drop half the team, they'll probably want to leave, so then we, we won't have a choice, but it's, I made a comment during the week that probably based on who's currently available, Jason Tut's probably in our best 22 again, which is Pretty sad. sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, mean, I mean, this week, I don't know. I know Kaz Bolton may be coming back from injury, but we were a little bit one man, maybe one man short last week. Um, maybe we're, we're looking again at uh, whether Matthew Watson or Liam Jones get another call up. Oh, God. I think it's against the law for Matthew Watson to play seniors now. Well, I think it's against the law for Liam Jones to put on a Carlton jumper again. Uh, are we a little bit scared that Matthew Watson might have an Essendon-type uh, game or uh, kick four goals or something and everybody goes, give him another contract and then he'll do nothing for another year or two years? Oh, that's, that's been the way we've operated, isn't it? It is, yeah. absolutely. So, I mean, we're, we're, probably, we're probably thinking we've cut our losses, but... Oh, oh. I don't know. I'm wondering if we've got too many players to cut to fill the uh, the number of picks and trades that we're going to do. So, he, mm-hmm. he, him and uh, and guys like Allard might might still find themselves with a with Allard a, survives again. Yeah, with a one year contract. You got your or wish, something. blue. Yeah, you got your wish, uh, blue gunslinger. The <laughs> WA Blues boy is still on the list. We're going to end up cutting everyone and going to like round 14 in the national draft. <laughs> Pick 320, oh. Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> We're picking random guys from the EDFL and stuff. Hey, I'm half expecting to call up. They might do a, like a members raffle because I got a membership. <laughs> my name out. Yeah, I'll buy Get a two hundred dollar ticket if it means I might play. <laughs> yeah. I'll- I was saying the numbers earlier tonight. Basically, we're at the point now where anyone that owns a Carlton jumper in their wardrobe is going to get a call up. Oh, sweet! Oh, yeah. As lo- as long as if I if I do get the call up, as long as the game I play in, we lose by less than what we did to Hawthorne, then I haven't done that bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. As long as I'm not in- included in the biggest loss ever, it could always get worse. Well, we're talking about bad contracts, guys, and you know what Carlton of old used to do. We do have a certain Stephen Silvani now in control of all that. Do we think that he's uh, going to be more of the payments. same? Do we do we do we do we have a good feeling about it? I do. I think I think he's the guy for the rebuild. Mm. I, I think he absolutely is. GWS is proving that every day at the moment. Seems that he's come in. He hasn't had an awful lot of emotion emotion towards the players. He's been uh, very business orientated, and you know, people yeah. thinking maybe Soss has indicated that the players like Henderson. Well, there's no guarantees in life, mate. Um, being being pretty matter of fact about it, and um, thus the the theory that we don't have, we haven't shown them a lot of love. Um, I can't say based on if he if he if he's been watching Carlton at all the last couple of years i can't say that i blame him for having those for thinking no no the club controls this not you and um you know you you perform before we offer you another contract and um 
I've got to say it's probably it's probably the right course of action because we just floated along for a long time now. Yeah, it's exactly what players. I was going to say. I, I think I get the impression that the saucers come in and said, no, if we're going to do this, we're doing it properly. Um, I'm going to go down the same method with GWS, get as many draft picks as we can, balance out the list with young players um, and build from there instead of doing what, realistically looking back seems like we've just been treading water for the last few last few years you know picking up other players uh other clubs uh cast offs and things to try and well hopefully they fill a position and and, and this and that and you know not not getting to the core of the problem which is uh quality enough quality on the list and i think that's what he's going to do well, enough quality and enough intensity from the players, you know, so get rid of those, get rid of the cat out the cancer, those who aren't being intense, who aren't actually playing 100% each game, uh, start cutting them out of the side. It's the only way forward. I think we're seeing the benefits of Sauce being at, well, kind of been self-exiled from Carlton for the last 15 years or so. No passion about it's, it, you reckon, just business? He, I think he's been able to sit back and not have any particular lot while he feels a, a kinship with the club he's not felt any special attachment to it yeah and the way, he's, the way he fell out with like kernahan and all those guys that were there at the club then and yeah. so because of that i think we're reaping the benefits of him being able to separate himself from his yeah, not, not being part of the worst part of the decade of our history well we, we speculated on a lot of these players being up for trade last year you know, we speculated on maybe Yaron should be up for trade, Gibbs should be up for trade. We were sick of the performances last year, and we won seven games and we're a little bit more competitive than we are this year. Um, and, and people are thinking, well, something's got to change big names. Like we're told, oh, Malthouse has been – Malthouse knew we needed a rebuild. He's been cleaning out the Deadwood since he got here. Well, exactly, he cleaned out the Deadwood, but he didn't make any – he didn't make any statements. And he, made a sta- he made a statement with Laidley who was in the VFL. Uh, he did – he tried to keep Wake. Wake made that statement on his own. Right, so we haven't actually made an example out of these players. Mm. Right, um, uh, we uh, he he dropped Yaron once for a bit of attitude, uh, being made sub. Um, I think Barker's dropped Yaron twice, hasn't he? Mm. Or well, he's certainly been punished twice for being late to training and stuff like that, and he's been dropped for it. Menzel got dropped for his lack of intensity. That hasn't happened before. He's every time Menzel was out, it's because he was injured. And Henderson's he's on his bike. He was like so, and probably dropped this at, week anyway, according to him. So. We well, yeah, but we've made we've made some. We've actually started saying it's not just the the fringe players that we're going to make an example of to let you know we're serious. We're right now for the first time in a long time, first time since Favola was traded out. We've actually said enough. Yeah, Barker's actually in a position to be able to do that, though. He's not the coach trying to get... Uh, well, he's not the uh, the guy who's at the end of his contract like Malthouse and trying to, you know, get that insta-success to get another contract for coach. No, but, I'm, but, but it's not... I mean, as far as, as far as actually saying you can leave, mm. you know, Lockie, Lockie, this is the way it's going to be, mate, then off you go. We won't stand in your way. Yes, that's where you want to be? Okay, off to the VFL and we won't stand in your way. And I've got to think, the first time we've actually had a dedicated list manager in place. Mm. The first time ever, ever, as far as I can recall, we've had recruiting guys doing a little bit of it, like Rogers did a little last year. McKay's been doing a little bit of it. Greg Swan had his hand in every pie and was doing all that sort of stuff. We've actually got somebody who's doing this as a dedicated job now. And, um, and his first year in... He's slashing. Well, I'm excited for the off-season. There's, there's so yeah. much change coming in and uh, so much opportunity to be had. It's, it's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're going to get smashed next year. Probably. 
but but I'll, I'd rather get smashed with a little bit of a GWS flavour, yeah, than getting getting smashed with a Thomas and Liam Jones, yeah, with oh, guys that are oh. over the guys that are over the hill and we're never going to take us forward and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So if you're going to get smashed, do it the right way and know that there's rewards at the end of all that pain. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I forgot. I mean, uh, Bailey Rice, um, prospective father son, was. Uh, we thought that he was all going to be locked up and choose Carlton as a uh, um, to come to Carlton as a father son candidate. Um, now we're hearing some rumours that maybe he's going to choose St Kilda again, even though he's been playing for the Northern Blues. Um, uh, the AFL have actually come out and changed that rule so that he doesn't have to choose one of us. He can choose. He, he can either choose none of us and go straight to the draft proper. He can choose one of us, and that's the one that gets to bid against whoever else wants to bid. Or if, say, if he chooses Carlton first, and Carlton say, you know what, we don't want to pay where that bid has been placed, um, he can nominate St Kilda as a backup. So St Kilda can come in and say, well, we'll we'll match that bid. So he, he gets he does get two bites of the cherry as far as far as far as the sun goes. And I think that's a good rule change, but. You know, he's a half-bank flanker. I think he looks good. He's a strong player. Um, he's got good disposal, but we have a lot of half-bank flankers. So mm. if somebody tries to make us overpay for a flanker, I'm over. I look, guys, I'm over flankers. Mm. I mean, really, in a team that's rebuilding, we, we want keepers, young key position players. We want midfielders coming up together. You know, a little bit of in, you know, a lot of insides and a few a few outsiders. You know, uh, maybe a project ruck coming into the side. Flankers uh, cap off a good side. They don't make one. Bring along. Yeah. They don't. They don't make one. No, they. They. They're, they're the things you put on top afterwards. They're the last ones chosen in the chain, and we have so many flankers, and that's why. <laughs> yeah, you were thumping the desk saying that, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, trying, trying uh, a little jab there. Uh, uh, that's why if Menzel decides he wants to go, you know, yeah. he's uh, talented as he might be and in a really good side, he's not going to do much for Carlton while we're rebuilding. He, he doesn't have that sort of a work rate and he's not that sort of a player. He's a flanker as it stands. Mm. Get a get a first-round pick or a late first-round pick or somewhere between 10 and 18 for him as well and pick up somebody that we can actually use. Um. Anything else you guys want to discuss? Anything else that's, else that's rattling around your brain? Any rants to be had? Yeah, you know, we've got two of the best ranters ever on the podcast tonight, and, um, and not a lot of ranting happening. No, nah, they've broken me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Complacency has set in it. Seems. Yeah, I'm pulling a Henderson. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we'll wrap it up for tonight. It's been a, it's been a good chat. Um, I think it's been a few weeks. We've totally not mentioned any of the football. I don't care what happens in the Melbourne. I do actually. I really want to win this week, guys. I really oh, want yeah, to win. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I know it's going to hurt if we lose the number one draft pick and all that sort of stuff. But I, I, I just want to win. It'd be nice. I want a circuit. I don't it would care be about nice. number one draft pick. Like, we got no, I know. And there's a lot of people stuff. out there. Who, a lot of people out there who do happy dude, and you know, um, I, I just, I just want us to give it our best effort, and I'm hoping the events of this week will actually. Um, Make the rest of the boys lift, and I, I want to give um, I want to give special mention to to, to Michael Jamison. Now he copped a fair bake after last week's game where he didn't shake hands with um, with um, Mitch Robinson, and I thought it was a bad look myself. But he went on radio, um, and he talked about how 
the players need to really be playing for the jumper. It's been a long time since I've seen one of our players actually say that. I heard them say it. And he talked about how he is genuinely excited to be there while the young blokes start rebuilding and building Carlton into a side that can have success in the future. He knows he won't be there. They asked him the question, you know, what does it feel like? You're rebuilding again and you're probably not going to be there when Carlton, ha- when, when Carlton has success. And he said, when you come to terms with the fact you're not going to have success, but I'm really excited to see what these young blokes can do and be there for them. And I love it. That's that's Jamo, Simo. Yep. You know, if we can keep them around for a little while, that'll be fantastic. Right, guys, thanks for coming in. Um, thanks, happy dude. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, as always, Shandog. Good night, everyone. And Wookie, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. Buenos noches, senoritas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not all.